Hey everyone, what is up? My name is Tony McGeehee and you're listening to Emerging Entrepreneurs, the podcast made by an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Welcome back to episode 30. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome home. Today I have a very special guest on the podcast. Keel Blake is one of my good friends that I've known for a while. He is the CEO and founder of Loba Creative, his own marketing company, and he is now the CMO of Thumbprint, a marketing logistics company. Keel has a great story that he shares in this podcast, so I want to dive right into it. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you get all the updates for future episodes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Emerging Entrepreneurs Podcast. Now, without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome back to Emerging Entrepreneurs, everyone. Today, I am here with one of my good friends, Keel Blake. He is the chief marketing officer of Thumbprint, which is a marketing... I don't even know how to word it. I'll let you word it here in just a sec. Um, He also... Uh, is the CEO of his own marketing company, Loba Creative, and he'll talk about that a little bit more. He has uh, an interesting journey as an entrepreneur, so definitely excited to get into this episode. Keel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate uh, you inviting me to do this. And uh, hey, we're still trying to figure out how to describe what we do too. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. That that that's why I was brought on the team here at yeah, Thumbprint. Exactly. So uh, just to start out, go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, kind of your journey as an entrepreneur uh, from starting Loba Creative to now working with Thumbprint and kind of talk about what you do with Thumbprint and what that is. Sure. So I was born and raised in Michigan and uh, uh, north of Detroit and then moved down to Florida to chase, uh, chase the dream. Went to UCF, uh, go Knights. Yeah, go Knights. Uh, proud alumni of there and went, uh, uh, studied finance and then a minor in sports business management. Uh, and uh, after I graduated, I uh, got a job working for the athletic department in marketing and then uh, went on uh, to uh, get an opportunity to work with Insurance Office of America. Um, and being in that type of role, seeing a company that had grown from two people uh, and, and then maybe eight that could all see each other in one room uh, to then over, uh, when I was there, about 1,200 associates, inspired me to want to start a company. And so that's when I uh, branched out and started Loba Creative uh, and uh, with, with the dream of, of working with brands that wanted to innovate. And uh, this is uh, Thumbprint was actually a client at Loba, and, and that's kind of how I found my, my path here and, and working with, uh, with the organization. Awesome. So I know you described it to me um, right before we recorded. Um, talk a little bit about what you do here at Thumbprint and kind of talk about how being in a position that would kind of be labeled as corporate, even though you guys are still mm-hmm. uh, a startup and everything like that. Kind of talk about how being 
and the position you're in now is different from running your own company? Sure, absolutely. So, and that's a great question. And and so, uh, with Thumbprint to describe what we talked about earlier, we're a marketing logistics firm, and so we use technology to help companies get access to their apparel, print, and promo. We position ourselves as the guardians of their brand. And something that I wanted to show you um, that I hadn't yet is we actually yeah. came out with this. Don't worry, I I looked at all that. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> I'm to give you a picture so that people hearing know what we're yeah, talking about. Exactly. Here. But uh, so we we position ourselves as the guardians of the brand and. Uh, we actually are celebrating our 25-year anniversary. But what I will say, and we still consider ourselves and call ourselves a, a small business or a growing startup. And now when I say that, it's not because of our lack of experience. that the past five years have been really different. Uh, it's when we started leveraging technology. So we're able to scale and, and bring a different set of, of services to our clients um, in terms of analyzing their data and, and really delivering uh, inventory and warehousing capabilities that you know aren't as easy to, to fulfill internally. So the clients we work with are clients like the size of Hertz and, and Hilton and um, Wyndham Destinations and, and then uh, Chewy, the, the, uh, the dog and, and all animal brand that yeah. delivers uh, things to your door. And so we help them scale their uh, technology apparel print and promo internally. Awesome. So... Um, I know I'd ask you about I asked you about a lot of things there. Yeah. Um, just gonna ask you again. So for now working with Thumbprint mm-hmm. and working with Loba, kind of talk about how different that is now. Talk about that transition. Absolutely. So I started Loba um, about three years ago, and like any entrepreneur, there's that that first step. It's taking that leap, and I'll, I'll never forget uh, walking into. Uh, my role at Iowa, I had a box in my car and, and I walked in uh, to, to John's office. He was my direct report and said, hey, John, uh, I have something I need to talk to you about and I'd like to start a business. And he said, I saw that one coming. When? <laughs> and I yeah. said, well, um, I'm giving you my six months notice. And he kind of laughed and said, well, uh, I'm glad you're doing that and, and we're happy to, to have you here for six months and we're sad to see you go, but I'm really excited for you. How can we help? And I tell you that not all entrepreneurs have that type of support from yeah, the previous role. Sure. It sometimes can be scarier than that, but I did have a box in the car just in case. Yeah. Uh, now, so for about six months, I started uh, leveraging relationships, working late nights, weekends, uh, fulfilling my responsibility during the day at IOA to build up enough clients to be able to sustain myself because I literally put in um, <laughs> every penny I had to, to start this business. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's where, so within our first month, we started it in January. Uh, we had about six, uh, six or seven clients, six on contract and one that we were kind of working on and, and going forward. It was enough where I realized that I needed help. I needed to bring on someone else in order to scale what we were doing. And so that's when uh, I talked to uh, Dustin and, and we became business partners and, and, and went from there. And so what we did uh, was help organizations with their organizing their marketing efforts, scaling marketing tools, and helping them with their online presence. So a lot of digital marketing. Yeah. So for those of you guys that don't know and you're wondering, you know, how did Keel get on the show? So I actually met Keel back when he was the CEO of Loba, and he still is, but it's uh, just a little scaled back now. But um a couple years ago now, it's actually been just about two years now that I met you, which is crazy. It went by so fast. Um, it did. Yeah. So I actually interviewed for a position with Keel and, um, you know, went in there and I just remember you telling me in the interviews, like, 
yeah, this is usually a position we give to graduate students, and at this time, I'm a sophomore in college, and I'm like, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> I was like, well, wish I would have known that before, but uh, luckily, you know, ended up getting the call from Keel a couple weeks later for the position. He, and He made an okay impression. I'll yeah, say that. He made an okay impression, an okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so... I was. I remember being so pumped for that position. I, you know, I just felt like it was gonna be a big ba- breakthrough. And then two days after Keel called me, he called me again. And he goes, or he emailed us, and he was like, "Hey, bad news. It fell through." And I was like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding yeah. me!" But <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. So, as an entrepreneur, you, you, there's there's a roller coaster. So yeah. when I said you, you got to be ready to take a leap and and put all your chips on the table. Um, you know, and, and I think something that I've learned along the journey and I'm still learning every day, I'm not yeah. going to say I've perfected it, is that you have to focus on the path and, 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 and focus on celebrating the journey itself and celebrating the little wins, celebrating the process that you're creating yeah. um, because there's so many ups and downs and there's so many things as being an entrepreneur that you can't control. Um, and, and it's tough to live just celebrating the outcomes or, 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 um, dreading the outcomes. <laughs> yeah. So that was a situation where, um, the tournament, uh, the, the golf tournament that we were working with decided to take a different route in terms of how they were positioning the event. And it, and it didn't have to do with the level of service we were providing. It had to do with, um, where they wanted to take the tournament as a whole, yeah. um, and how they wanted to leverage that as an asset for their company and their brand. And, and it didn't make sense for us either. It was actually mutually parted ways, but I will tell you, uh, there are probably about five um, things I remember in terms of having to let people down, and that was one of the tougher ones yeah. because we were excited to bring on, and every year we did it for about three years, brought on um, graduate students to help with the event. And now a lot of those graduate students are working in companies like the PGA Tour, Amazon, um, working for um, Adidas. And, and so that's something where uh, I also believe in, in entrepreneurship investing time in other people is one of the most rewarding things because you get to see people how they learn and where they go to. So I'm sorry I couldn't couldn't come through on that one. <laughs> I don't but blame uh, you. No, but okay. uh, we, we went back and um, for our business, uh, that partnership no longer made sense for us because yeah. it took so much time. And those are some of the things that come up when you're an entrepreneur. You have to make tough decisions. And, and we had to look at all of our clients and that client took up about 50% of our time but equated about 15% of our revenue. Yeah. And so we loved it and we loved interacting and creating an opportunity for students, but for our business, it was, uh, it was, uh, um, creating cash flow issues. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. So talk about that as an entrepreneur, sometimes, you know, the business that you start, it's your baby and you don't want to see things go wrong with it. So talk about, you know, I'm sure there were more times than just that one scenario that things like that happened and you had to let things go, but sometimes, you know, it might've been hard. So talk about those situations coming up and kind of how you battled through, you know, wanting to hang on because you just didn't want to see it fail. And then, you know, to the point where you did realize, all right, this is only going to hurt me if I keep hanging on to Mm -hmm. this. Absolutely. I I think as you grow a business, um, you start to paint a picture of who are our clients and you know some businesses target wide, and other businesses target in a very small direction. Uh, I will tell you, in, in 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 the business that we were in, in terms of marketing, we uh, we found over time that we really needed to narrow out and define who our ideal clients were. And if 
someone that we were talking to wasn't an ideal client or the money in terms of the revenue that would come in didn't reach the margin that we needed to hit, we had to be able to say no. And that's tough when you're an entrepreneur because saying no might mean that you don't have the money right then and there to cover what you need to cover. But ultimately what, what you'll learn, what you'll find out is that if you don't say no to some of those things, when you say yes and, and take on certain projects, it'll have a longer term impact on your business. So what I would say is, is I learned patience through that. And I'm not, I'm saying I learned it through, through doing, uh, you know, making a few mistakes along the way. And I'll give the example. Um, we, uh, we took on a client, um, and this is one that I will say was a, was a good decision for our business, but we took on a client who had a rush project. So we had to turn around a job within three weeks or something that typically would probably take, and I'm not kidding when I say this, maybe two months. Oh my gosh. And so, but what it allowed our company to do is we all dug in, we worked long nights over through the weekend and, yeah. and we, we hired some temporary people to come in, but it allowed us to build the cash flow to be able to hire someone full time. And so we, we brought on then our third team member at that yeah. point. So that one, when I look back, that was a, a fantastic decision. Now, was it great the, that three weeks? <laughs> no, it was tough. And the client itself um, was challenging because they were in a hurry. Yeah. But at, at the same time, we then were able to have the cash flow to bring on a team member that was al- allowed us to be able to scale future projects. Yeah. Now, that's where I'd say sometimes <laughs> those filters become gray because you know that client allowed us to take that next step. Yeah. Whereas going forward on the regular, I would highly suggest creating lenses for the type of clients that you want to bring in and really sticking to it, even though the paycheck looks great because yeah. it'll really help your business grow. Yeah, for sure. So talk about losing those clients that you had. And I'm sure you know clients come and go and, and that's just business and that's how things work. Talk about losing a client and you know kind of the the disappointment from that but then how you manage to to work through that time where you know you probably didn't really feel like working you were just down and kind of bummed about losing clients so i think it goes back to if you trust in the process and and, and can enjoy the journey then you'll you'll stay true to those those lenses or those focuses that you have um, I'll give another example of a time we had to part ways with a, a client, and it was difficult because this client had become a very close friend, um, and we ultimately really cared about this client's brand. Um, and so sometimes those difficult business decisions, you know, it comes down to you want to work with with that client because they're a local business, or you know, and you, and you believe in what their vision has. Yeah. But sometimes what they need from you doesn't align with what your business can support in the long term. And so we had to make a difficult decision in part ways with, with, with a group that we had so much passion for because we loved what they were doing, loved their brand, but it ultimately didn't make sense for our business. And even, even the golf tournament that I gave an example, we loved that tournament and we loved the people that we worked with. It was a great event, but ultimately it didn't make sense for where our business needed to go long term. And so those are some of the, the tough decisions when you go out and become an entrepreneur that you'll have to make. But I really want to give the advice that, you know, make sure that you can enjoy the process and enjoy the journey and and that uh, um, you're able to, uh, you know, again, you got to dig in and work late nights uh, when you need to. But you also got to have some balance and take care of yourself along the process. Yeah, for sure. So just to wrap this part up of the interview, whether we're talking about somebody who's running their own business or wants to start their own business or just somebody who is in school or, 
you know, sometimes struggles with getting through tasks that they, that they know they need to do, but they just don't want to do it. So whether it's from a business perspective or just a personal perspective, what are some tips that you have on getting through tough times when you really feel like you'd rather just lay in bed and do nothing and just kind of recoup rather than doing the things you know you need to do? What do you mean, lay in bed? You're saying that a lot of entrepreneurs work from home? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so some do, right? And it's tough yeah. because when you're home, you get distracted. You have the dishes. You have, you know, you're you're not too far from from what could be a comfortable seat and all that. Yeah. Now, to answer your question about what drives, um, what can help drive entrepreneurs to take on those tasks or take on a day that looks difficult to them, I think as an entrepreneur, you're signing up to be the one where um, all the responsibility ultimately rolls up to you. Whether your business successes or fails. Is up fault. to you, yeah. It's, <laughs> and, and, and some things can be out of control, but ultimately, you know, whether yeah. you give a paycheck to your employees is 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 up yeah. to you, and, and you got to be able to live with that, sleep with that. But I think that uh, you got to be able to, to focus and enjoy the mundane, and know that the mundane is what can help drive your business forward. Sometimes, yeah. um, you also need to know um, what the best use of your time is. So, if there's certain tasks that you do dread every day, yeah. Well, maybe then you got to figure out how to work it into your business's margin so that you can bring on someone that excels more in that. You know, we're all built differently. Some yeah. people love working in spreadsheets. Some people love working in Adobe softwares and designing. Yeah. Not everybody, and, 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 and it, you might need to recognize over time if, if you're dreading doing something. It doesn't mean you stop. You have to do it until you can find a scalable resource and something that fits within your business model to get it done. But I would assure you, if, if you really dread doing something, it's probably better that you go out and find a way to pay for it and build it into your, your uh, business model yeah for sure definitely there's always things in any business that you're just like mm-hmm. oh i don't want to yeah do this. now now if it comes to everything in your business that you're dreading well then you probably yeah, should figure yeah. out something else in terms <laughs> of your business or maybe don't be an entrepreneur yeah but. <laughs> exactly but a couple things are okay yeah. we're, we're all built differently so talk about you know starting your journey as an entrepreneur was it something from a young age you knew you always wanted to be like were you one of those people who had some kind of like side hustle when you were like eight or nine yeah. or kind of where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from? Yeah. And, you know, how, when and how did you know that it's so what you were going to do? That is a, a that is um, such a, a coincidental question in terms of timing. Cause actually I went back and visited uh, where I grew up in Michigan this past weekend. So I got to okay. take uh, um, my stepdaughters and, and my wife to go spend time with my grandparents and, and with my mom and, and it's funny because my mom gave me this uh, chef hat and um, and a uh, um, an apron yeah. that I used to wear uh, cooking around the house. But I one thing that I don't know if she remembered when she was telling me because she was so excited to, to give that and pass it on to to my girls. But I uh, I got that apron because I helped with a pampered chef. Um, meeting with my neighbors. So my neighbor uh, used to sell Pampered Chef knives yeah. and that. And she brought me as, as a young child and I wore that apron and that hat and helped pretty much sell all this yeah. stuff. And and uh, so I think from a young age, I always, I've always enjoyed people. Um, but I've always enjoyed finding ways to help people. And I think that's where if you can find something specific that helps a specific group of people with getting to their dreams and aspirations in an authentic way, you have a business. And if you enjoy people and you can enjoy the process along the way, and that's at a very young age, I did that. I worked in, um, you know, I worked cutting lawns. I worked uh, at a tennis club teaching tennis. And so it was very entrepreneurial because in that way, that was, uh, I had to book my own appointments, keep my own calendar, yeah. um, 
do my own billing, file my yeah. own, you know, I, I had help filing taxes, I will say, huh. but, but I had to That's keep good. track of it to be able yeah, to do exactly. that, right? But How old were you when you did that? So I was, um, I was very young, obviously doing the pampered chef thing and mm-hmm. I wasn't getting paid. So don't worry. There's yeah. no child labor laws yeah. being broken. Yeah, I was no, just no. having fun. But, yeah. um, I started, uh, doing the, the lawn work, uh, when I was 16, um, and then, um, and maybe a little bit earlier, but I was just helping then. And then I started teaching tennis when I was uh, 16, 17. Okay. And then I, I taught tennis full time uh, when I was 18, when I graduated high school. Wow. And that's uh, what helped me be able to fund uh, coming down to Florida. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. And you said, that's crazy, and you're from, you're from Michigan? I'm from Michigan originally, yeah. What part of Michigan? So just north of Detroit. It's called uh, Rochester. Okay. It, yeah, it's near where the uh, Auburn Hills. I lived about five minutes from the Palace where the Pistons used to play. Oh, nice, yeah. sweet. I just asked because I just finished up my internship at USTA, and my boss for that he used to be a tennis pro up in Michigan. I think I can't remember right now. I want to say somewhere up near Grand Rapids yeah. or something like that. So I, there's no doubt that he knows at least of, if not knows personally, my high school tennis coach. Uh, he was a tremendous person. His name was Al Must. He uh, just won an award for uh, being the uh, high school tennis coach, like being awarded as a, one of the best high school tennis yeah, coaches in the state of Michigan. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know. Do you recognize the name Chris Michalowski? I, I I don't know him, yeah. but and, and it sounds familiar, but I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I'm not I was gonna, just wondering. Yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't go I'll have to ask you out. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I bet they know each other for sure. Um, but... So transitioning now, so your wife also is an entrepreneur. Yes, so she is. So first of all, congratulations. You just got married back in Thank you. November? Yes, yeah. November, so yeah, congratulations. Um, so it, it was October, but, but it's, it's been a blur, but yeah, October, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, so talk about that relationship, both of you being entrepreneurs. Um, and for those of you that don't know, um, you probably know of the store because Literally, since you've told me about it, I've seen it everywhere on social media and everything. And my girlfriend wants to go so bad, and so yeah. I gotta take her sometime. But yeah. anyway, Keel's wife owns the no, head. Well, no, she owns Finder Fiber and works with the heavy. Oh, yeah, yeah there, there we go. go. Sorry, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. There we go. So, so she's an entrepreneur, and sorry to jump in. I just no, want to make sure. So, ahead. the heavy is an incredible place, and I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But um, so she started uh, Finder Fiber, which uh, is a brand uh, to inspire women to. Um, empower themselves, but through macrame. And so she teaches workshops and classes and of, um, of ladies and, and some men that get together to learn how, and macrame is the art of tying knots. And so you have wall okay. hangings, you have plant hangers. Um, and through that, she got very ingrained in the creative community and met, um, Jen Karate, who's the owner of porch therapy and the heavy. Gotcha. And so she works with, uh, the heavy in partnership and, and then she sells some of her macrame finder fiber oh, okay. at the heavy. There so, yeah. So sometimes the lines are blurred a little bit because gotcha. you'll see her posting through finder fiber, then also see her posting through the heavy. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So, so talk about that relationship. Um, you know, what's it like for both of you to be entrepreneurs compared to when just you were an entrepreneur and she was working and, and just a regular job. I will tell you, so I'm so proud of Sarah because, um, you know, not only is she an entrepreneur, um, she's a mom entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, she's the mother and uh, takes on so much responsibility in terms of uh, our girls and, 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 and that's where, um, but she started this business and, um, you know, from, from the ground up. And so she, she creates a lot of um, 
a lot of the art that she has to sell. And so then she distributes that to different shops around Orlando. And then she also organizes um, those workshops. So there's a lot of time that goes into that. And so for us, it's communication. Yeah. You know, we, we have to balance our life at home and then the time that we have to work late at night. So we'll both sometimes have our laptops up, be smiling at each other, um, <laughs> maybe have a TV show on in the background yeah. and more music if yeah. we got to get more serious. Yeah. Um, but we know that we're working towards something together. And so that's where, you know, I won't, I will, I will not pretend it's not perfect. All right. Yeah. You know, when you have a lot of responsibilities and you have, um, you know, a couple businesses that you're trying to, to work with. And I have, a, you know, the responsibility with Thumbprint in terms of, of our growing brand. Um, there's a lot of uh, last minute things that can come up, but yeah. communication is what really helps us uh, yeah. um, be able to balance what we're doing. Yeah. And, and we're learning as we go. Okay. I'll give that yeah. out there because, because yeah. for anyone who hears this, um, you just got to communicate and things will be tough sometimes and things will be better others, but um, we're there together and we're a team. My girlfriend will be listening to this right now, and she'll be like, I told you so, because she tells me all the time, communication, just communicate with me. And so I definitely agree with you. Communication and relationships is Mm -hmm. the number one thing, whether, you know, it's a relationship with your significant other or it's relationships at work or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Communication is is the biggest thing for sure. Absolutely. And and we do very different things, but I will tell you that we learn so much from each other because we both share and talk about what we have going on. And and I value that a lot because... um, you know, we give each other different perspectives on how to tackle some of the challenge together. So I would, I would encourage, um, you know, partners that are, are both uh, in businesses or in um, being entrepreneurial to have that conversation with each other and, and, and be able to have that safe communication to, to talk about what's going on. But be open to hearing their advice. Yeah. doesn't mean you always have to take it. <laughs> and it goes both ways, yeah, but, but exactly. be open to hearing it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I have a couple more questions for you. Um, my first one is for anybody out there who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you know, they think they want to start their own business or they're still trying to find what it is they want to do, or maybe they even know uh, what they want to do already, but it's just about, you know, taking that leap and starting. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are just starting out? And then also what advice do you have for those people who want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what they want to do yet? Um, Create a fountain of advice. So my advice for you is to create a fountain of advice. What I mean by that is surround yourself with people that um, in the industry or or in the direction and some people outside of that industry that you can um, build authentic, real relationships. Don't just take from people in terms of relationships, but build real relationships with people where you, you, you give and take back and forth advice, um, but build almost a advisory board that may not necessarily have to be on paper. Um, in terms of, um, you know, the, 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 um, you know, on the board of your business, but people that you can go to, to learn from, because I think the best entrepreneurs know that they don't know it all. Um, and that they then have a roster of people that they can go to and trust, but at the same time, know that they are people you can trust. Um, Mm -hmm. so before you start your business, write down a list of all the people that you think could possibly make that list and start, um, narrowing it down. I could tell you it's it's if if you have been married before it's kind of like your 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 uh, wedding guest list. 
<laughs> you kind of got to put it up on a wall. And, yeah. and you know, you only have budgeting because you only have time to spend with so many people. You can't, you can't have a hundred advisors because you're never going to get anything done yeah. uh, or you're not going to be, you're going to get too many opinions, yeah. but, but narrow it down to the people that you could trust. Just like with a wedding, you only have so much budget, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, you love everybody, but you can't, you can't invite everyone. So, yeah. so that's why that would be number one is just build a team of people that you can surround yourself with. But then number two is trust, trust your own instinct. You know, everyone's advice is valuable, important, but it doesn't mean that you have to take every single word that they tell you. Yeah. Um, it means use it to, to guide yourself, but trust where you're going. You obviously got into that business for a reason. So if, if you're the expert and you're the technical expert, know that if your gut's telling you to do something, go after it. Because ultimately, who's responsible for the business, whether it make you know whether it makes it or not, it's you. Yeah, so exactly. so so take that and and then uh, you know you'll be able to sleep with the decision going forward. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I have one more question for you, Keel. Um, before I ask that though, just want to take a sec to, to just say how much I appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, appreciate our relationship over the past couple of years. Um, first of all, just appreciate you taking a chance on me those, those years back. Um, really appreciated that at the time, even if things didn't end up working out. Um, I'll definitely always remember you for that. Definitely. And just our relationship over the year, you know, you've helped me give me advice and uh, direct me in the right direction in terms of career advice and everything like that and being an entrepreneur and how to be successful at that. So uh, really just appreciate you for that and, and all you've done for me. Thank you. And thank you. And I, I appreciate uh, your effort in staying in touch and also what you're doing now. You're going to do great. And I think this is just an awesome, uh, awesome podcast that you put together and excited to continue to see it going forward. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. So my last question for you is the one that I ask everybody on the podcast and it's called the three truths. And so basically it's a hypothetical scenario where it's your last day on earth and you've accomplished everything that you've ever wanted to do. Uh, you get to choose your last day on earth. And, and so it's your, your last day, you've done everything you've wanted to do. You've set all the goals that you wanted to, and you've accomplished them all the businesses you've wanted to uh, to open and successfully run, you've done it. Basically, everything you've ever wanted to do, you've accomplished. But for some reason, at the end of your last day, when you pass away, everything that you've ever created or anything like that will be completely erased and nobody has anything to remember you by except for the three things that you write down on the piece of paper next to you. So what are your three truths? Sure. Oh, that's a, that's a, really, that's a really deep question, yeah. and I love it. Uh, so my three truths, one, I think it's, it's loving people and, and family. And I think maybe that's two, but I'm going to merge that into one. It's just, it's just yeah. love of people. And, and that starts with family. I, I think that if, 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 you know, if number one could be that, that I um, treated people like I treat my family and, 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 and care for them in that way, um, two would be uh, leaving things better than where you, when you found them. Uh, I think whether it's a business, whether it's your home, whether it's um, whether it's a simple project or, or anything, is, is try to leave things better than when you found them. We, we you know we can't do it all. Um, mm-hmm. And then number three and and is uh, is smile, have fun. You know, I, I just think uh, I think I have to remind myself of this one sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, our three truths sometimes could be the things that we're, we're trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in our pursuit, I think that, uh, the more we smile and the more we can enjoy time with, with other people as we're doing good, um, life becomes so much better. 
um, and it is short. The one thing that we don't have um, and we can't extend is uh, is time. Everything else, everything else is is infinite. But the one thing that's finite is time. Um, and so, I, yeah, so one would be family or, or loving people, treating everyone like family and specifically my family. Uh, yeah. And then two um, would be leaving things better than, than you found them. And three would be smile and have fun. Awesome, man. That's great. So, Keel, thank you so much again. So glad we got to do this interview. I think you were literally the first person that popped up in my mind when I started this podcast, and it's been about seven or eight months now, and so I'm super glad that we finally got to do this interview for sure. Um, if we want to connect with you, where can we best do that? Sure. So you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, you're going to see a lot of dog photos and <laughs> pictures of my family. Yeah. Um, you will see some 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 travel and things like that. But on Instagram, so it's it's just my first name, last name. Um, so Keel K E A L Blake B as in boy L A C H E. Um, and then you can also connect with me uh, through uh, thumbprint.com. And you'll find my contact information there as well. Um, or shoot a note on LinkedIn. That's, a, that's another good option. And same thing. It's uh, linkedin.com backslash IN backslash Keel Blake. Awesome. Thank you so much, Keel. Really appreciate it. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Oh, and before we go, make sure you click subscribe. My, my girls taught me that. You got to click oh, subscribe yeah. click to this subscribe. podcast. All right. Click subscribe yeah. on the podcast, guys. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you guys on the next episode. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Keel as much as I enjoyed recording it. Keel is someone I love getting to talk to every time I sit down with him. I've been trying to have him on the podcast since I very first started. So it was really great to finally get in this interview with him. If you guys want to connect with Keel, make sure you find him on LinkedIn or Facebook at Keel Blake. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure that you leave a rating on the podcast. Share it with your friends. Let's spread the knowledge. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Make sure again that you guys go check out me on social media at Emerging Entrepreneurs Podcast if you aren't already doing that and check out the website www.emergingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now it's your time to emerge.